from Birmingham, Alabama. You're listening to the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress. I'm your host, Gary Furr, and I'm so glad to have you with me today. Whether you're sitting in your favorite chair or riding along in the car, I'm glad we're going to get to spend this time together. Welcome to my fellow pilgrims out there on this Christmas Eve of 2023. Today I'll share with you a little meditation that I gave once years ago on the subject of light, which seems appropriate for Christmas Eve. Light is a wonderful theme for churches and Christmas First, it lends itself to so many aspects of Christianity and the holiday. You have bright lights everywhere. Shepherds are scared spitless by by a big glowing choir up at the sky. Wise men quit their jobs from seeing light in the sky. Light's a great image for revelation, scripture, knowledge, and conversion. Haven't you heard any classical music like Hank Williams' I Saw the Light? Not even to mention our versions of it. Lamps, trees, light poles, bushes. Especially here in the South, anything people in the suburbs can string lights to, they will. Alabama Power will come and string them up for you. You know they will. The Apostle Paul got turned around by a light. Think about how much you say it. Things dawn on you. You see the light. If you're a cartoon character, when you get an idea, a light bulb clicks on over your head. It was bad in the Dark Ages. Historically speaking, they were followed by the Enlightenment. People who are smart are bright. Dummies are dimwits. So, Christians think about Jesus as the light. And we are told to reflect that light. There's no argument. Of course, in the Christmas story, I always think about stars this time of year. The star of Bethlehem was likely some kind of astronomical event. I looked up one of those incredible websites about the universe once that offered various maps of the stars, not like the ones in Hollywood or the more accessible tours in Nashville when you can go by and see some country music star's house, at least if they're not divorced yet. No, these are real stars. Light, you probably remember. And if, like me, it's about all you remember from physics class, travels 186,000 miles per second. So, a beam of light, leaving a bright star, travels about 6 trillion miles a year to reach us, give or take a trillion. And that means that a star that's, oh, say 40 years away, light years that is, left there in 1983. And if there are some peeping aliens up there with telescopes watching us, they are just now seeing whatever left here in 1983. They would see Ronald Reagan was the president, and George Bush, the elder, not W, was vice president, and the Atlanta Braves finished in second place three games behind the Dodgers. And their star that year was a guy named Dale Murphy. The Washington Redskins, who aren't the Redskins anymore, won the Super Bowl, and the Miami Hurricanes were 
national champions in football. The top grossing films were Return of the Jedi and Tootsie. And as far as music, Every Breath You Take by Sting and the Police was the number one song followed by Billie Jean by some guy named Michael Jackson. Sam's Club and Costco were just founded that year. Cheers and Hill Street Blues won the Emmys, and Dallas was the number one viewed show. There was no internet for most of us. I was in Texas, still in graduate school, and still only had two children. Boy, those aliens are behind. Anyway, I found a map that showed the stars in one little arm of the universe we live in, and this is a map of the most luminous stars within 2,000 light years. And every point on that map is an actual star listed in the catalog plotted onto the galactic plane. A total of 6,481 stars at the time I looked at it were plotted. And every one of them more than 100 times more luminous than our sun. There's some light out there. I only got a personal experience like this one time. I took a group of youth way back when I was a youth minister part-time in college. I was at a Methodist church, and we went up to a lodge up on top of a mountain in the Smokies. We were far away from any lights, towns, or highways. And The first night when we all uh, were tucking in for the night, I walked outside into the summer night, and I looked up, and I gasped. Above me was a staggering cloud of lights, tens of thousands of stars, 20, 30, 50 times more than I'd ever seen. Where had they been? I had no idea the universe looked like that. It reminded me of a comment that the philosopher Kierkegaard made that the rich man has the comfort in his coach as he rides along of artificial light, but the poor man can look up and see the stars. Sometimes the glow of our own self-created light keeps us from seeing the glory that's there. Well, I look back at the map and I fix my eye on one in that outer band called M25. It was a cluster of stars and uh, the light from there would have had to travel about 6 trillion miles per year for 2,000 years to reach Earth. And the reason I looked at that one was because I thought if somehow... I could see the light coming from here, from there. I would just be looking at light that left during the life of Jesus. It was an interesting thought. I could be out in the ocean steering a sailboat in the night, piloting myself by charting against the stars, I thought. And maybe I'd fix my navigational sight on M25, This is my story. I can see it if I want to. And so the light that left it when Jesus was here is just reaching me now and guiding me along. And no matter the tides, as long as I steer by it, I can't go wrong and I'll get home. It's a nice thought that a light that left heaven so long ago is still guiding something all these years later. Just like we like to think about the example in life of Jesus. That story is still enough to walk us through the night, help us not to stumble. You can't go wrong by reading it and living it. 
Now, maybe people who don't know that yet are like I was on that Tennessee night. I didn't have any idea the universe was so full. But once I saw it, once I got away from the noise of the youth group and out by myself and glanced, I could see it. That's what it's like to only live by the light we know. The sun by day and human lights at night. And if that's all you know about, you live in a pretty small world. No wonder Dr. Nair atheists are so sure there's no God. There's no room for God in a mind that is incapable of wonder. No, you have to step out of your little house or office or box and look up into the night, into the sky, and see that extraordinary sight. And you have to take it in. Inside you, into your mind, into your heart, your imagination, your soul. You have to comprehend, accept it, absorb it. Which is why the most important light of all is not out there hurtling across the universe at 186,000 miles per second. It's the light that can live in you when the spirit of the living God dwells with you. It comes as insight, revelation, illumination. You don't even have to have physical eyes for that light to dwell in you or shine from you. Just the eyes of faith. And when it does, it fires out there at the spiritual equivalent of 186,000 miles per second, bouncing off everything you're looking at until it reaches across the universe and shines on something because that's what light does. It can't help it. God hung the stars brighter than the sun to illuminate the darkness. That's what we believe. And sent one life into the world to do the same. And if you and I can comprehend that and understand that life, receive it, we can, said John in his gospel, be the very sons and daughters of God. If not, we just stumble around with our flashlights trying to find our own pitiful way cursing the darkness that God would gladly dispel for us. And we need it so badly. Because let's face it, we're still running around on this planet, stumbling and killing, murdering and waging war, stealing from one another, cheating each other. People still starve to death. Refugees are all across the globe. We make fortunes off each other's weaknesses. Oh, there's all kinds of darkness. And in the darkness, no one can walk with confidence. We need the light now. During Advent and Christmas, we can actually think about Mary, the mother of Jesus, walking heavy with a baby inside. It's an extraordinary thought, the Son of God in her body, her womb. Mary carrying the light of the world inside her. It's an astounding thought, and we who are Protestants don't think about it enough because of our 
kind of bad history with our Catholic brothers and sisters. Mary became kind of off limits to us. But I like it anyway. Because until you and I let light live inside us like that, we never will get anywhere at all. It's not really our light. It's God's. But it can reflect from inside us. And God has set it in the sky and in the universe and offered it to us to carry inside. So we can take it and put that light inside us, deep inside, the way women experience babies and men don't understand. Long before they ever see that little face for the first time and hear its cry, they feel and know from the inside out. So read the story. Get in connection with people who know it and be shaped and let that light peer into every corner of you and expunge darkness by its very being and let it shine. Merry Christmas. May the light shine in your darkness and show you a way. See you next time. I'm Gary Furr, and this is the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress. Thanks for joining me today. You can find my music at G-A-F-U-R-R, G-A-F-U-R-R.com. And you can go to my blog site for lots of other information and writings at GaryFur.me, G-A-R-Y-F-U-R-R.me. Once again, thank you so much. Join me next time on the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress.